Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 300. On Now You Know. Hey everyone, before we start today's show, I just want to celebrate this is our 300th episode in a row. That's right. We started Tesla Time News before the Model 3 was even unveiled. And we've been going strong ever since. We never missed a week. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And uh, we're doing this episode. It's our first episode of Tesla Time News on Now You Know. And we couldn't do it without you. That's right. Our viewers have kept us going through it all. And it has not been easy. <laughs> no, we've taken a lot of time out of our lives to make this happen with the consistency and value that we try to bring every week. And I want to thank our patrons for making this show possible. That's right. Every week, Jesse and I spend hours writing more than 100 pages of notes and script. We spend on average about three hours recording for each show. And then that three hours of footage needs to get edited down to Tesla Time News and Patreon and Investor Club bonus stories. That's where our amazing editor team of Bobby, Brent, Ethan, and Matthew have only about 24 hours to transform two boring dudes sitting at a desk into the magical, funny show that this is. Every single week, we all work through holidays, weekends, Yesterday was my sister's birthday. Sorry, Maya, I was writing the show. Last week was Memorial Day. Bobby worked remotely with COVID. So hit the like button. We couldn't have such an amazing team if it weren't for our patrons. Thank you, patrons. You can help support us bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know and signing up for as little as a buck a month. That dollar, by the way, doesn't just get you some lame thank you. You get access to our Patreon bonus stories every week. And for just a little bit more, you can join our polls, our Discord, you can get a shout out and your name at the end of the show. And our investor club, which includes access to our Slack, bonus stories, and live calls with CEOs of companies that you can join in on. And more. Much more. Thank you so much to everyone who's a part of our amazing community. Hopefully we'll see you in another six years for episode 600. We have a great show for you today, but first the other thing that makes this show possible, our sponsor. This week's episode is sponsored by Blinkist. Zach and I are super busy between researching, writing, filming, corresponding, interviewing, you get it. Well, for most of us, there just aren't enough hours in the day to get everything done and fill your brain with all the things you're curious about. I love podcasts and books, but unfortunately, they take a long time to digest. And that's why we both use Blinkist. With Blinkist, you can get the key ideas from nonfiction bestsellers in minutes, not hours. Blinkist not only blinks books, but it also blinks podcasts. They're called shortcasts. So you can get to the powerful ideas of a podcast in about 15 minutes or less. I like to listen to shortcasts and blinks while I'm driving, going for walks, cooking. Then if I like something, I can really dive in. Blinkist has full-length audiobooks with premium subscribers getting special member pricing up to 65% off the regular retail price. Yeah, pop Blinkist on your phone and take it anywhere you go. And don't get me wrong, I also love to read books, big, long books, so I use Blinkist to help me cull through the hundreds of books to find the ones I really want to spend my time with. And this is why 21 million people are using Blinkist. Yeah, with over 5,000 books and podcasts to choose from, I think if you're like me, you're going to get addicted. Sign up for Blinkist now using our link below and get unlimited access for one week to try out Blinkist. You'll also get 25% off if you want to try the premium membership. And the seven-day trial is completely free. You can cancel at any time during that period. So I think the question everyone's asking, what is going on with the economy? Well, Elon kind of predicted what's been going on with the economy. Ironically, I did... Last year, people asked me what I think about the economy. I said, well, I, I think we might enter a recession in approximately uh, uh, spring of, of, 2020, of 2022. <laughs> and if you're worried about a slowdown in the economy, it's prudent as the CEO of a major company to get ready for it. Now, we're going to be talking more about whether there is going to be a recession and how this affects investors on the Investor Club bonus story this week. So head on over to Patreon and join us there to help support the show. So one of the ways you get ready for a slowdown, you start trimming the fat. Yes. Last Friday, Elon wrote an email to employees that Tesla will be cutting 10 percent of salaried employees. Here's the email. Tesla will be reducing salaried headcount by 10 percent as we have become overstaffed in many areas. No Note, this does not apply to anyone actually building cars, battery packs, or installing solar. Hourly headcount will increase. Elon also tweeted this. Also, all the COVID stay-at-home stuff has tricked people into thinking that you don't actually need to work hard, 
Rude Awakening inbound. Then Elon also emailed to employees, anyone who wishes to do remote work must be in the office for a minimum, and I mean minimum of 40 hours per week, or depart Tesla. This is less than we ask of factory workers. If there are particularly exceptional contributors for whom this is impossible, I will review and approve those exceptions directly. Moreover, the office must be a main Tesla office, not a remote branch office unrelated to the job duties. For example, being responsible for Fremont Factory Human Relations but having your office be in another state. Thanks, Elon. And then Elon sent another email. Subject, to be super clear, everyone at Tesla is required to spend a minimum of 40 hours in the office per week. Moreover, the office must be where your actual colleagues are located, not some remote pseudo office. If you don't show up, we will assume you have resigned. The more senior you are, the more visible must be your presence. That is why I lived in the factory so much, so that those on the line could see me working alongside them. If I had not done that, Tesla would long ago have gone bankrupt. There are, of course, companies that don't require this, but when was the last time they shipped a great new product. It's been a while. Tesla has and will create and actually manufacture the most exciting and meaningful products of any company on earth. This will not happen by phoning it in. Thanks, Elon. Look, what I'm about to say is controversial. I think Elon has realized what a lot of business owners have realized. A remote worker, while it's great that they aren't going to be commuting into work and stuck in traffic twice a day, is still not the same as a worker in the office. Now, hang on. Before you berate me in the comments, I think there are some types of jobs that can be done from home. But at Tesla, where innovation is everything, having engineers in the same room can be super valuable. If I'm working on something and I have a question or I get stuck, being able to leave my workstation and mosey down the hall to a coworker and show them what I'm working on and have a quick discussion is priceless. And honestly, that's really hard to do over Zoom or email or text or even Slack. Try this. Try to explain something tricky to a friend where you need their help getting an answer via text or email. And then with another friend, talk to them in person and try the same thing. You'll find that usually it takes way less time and you come up with way better answers and ideas when you do it in person. Now, Elon knows this. He also knows that many employees are not putting in the same amount of work when they work remotely. And let's remember what sets Tesla apart. Smart employees working hard, long, and smart. And I think that with any sweeping policy change, you will lose some wheat with the chaff. There are definitely hardworking Tesla employees that have pre-existing health conditions who really don't want to get COVID even after all this time and vaccinations. And I think that it sucks that they're most likely going to have to move on from Tesla, but they will be in the vast minority of people who end up leaving. I think that the majority of people who really don't want to go back into work probably weren't contributing that much to Tesla anyway. And again, there's going to be exceptions. Elon has a exceptions clause right. in his email. He, exactly. he will review it. And if you're amazing, he'll keep you. Of course right. he will. Of course. So let's zoom out. Tesla had almost 100,000 employees at the end of 2021, according to SEC filings. So cutting 10% of salaried employees doesn't mean 10,000 jobs. Because remember, a lot of Tesla employees are hourly, and that means that they're making cars, battery packs, solar panels, etc. They're not salaried. And let's not forget the second part of what Elon said. Hourly headcount will increase. This email from Elon is powerful. It sends the message that if you are one of those kind of people that are going to try and skate by and not put in the sweat and hard work, then bye bye. Bye-bye. Everyone who watches this channel knows that Elon puts in the sweat and the long hours. He's regularly seen having meetings at Starbase at like 1030 at night. It's easy for a company that has grown this fast to this size to get bloated. And I think Elon is addressing it. Now, if you're worried that Tesla is going to lose a lot of talented employees, I think that you should think again. Talented, hardworking people want to be surrounded with the best. Those who aren't willing to work as hard, welcome to your new job at Apple, Rivian and Lucid. So Joe Biden recently said- Whoa, whoa, said, whoa, whoa, hang on. Let's not get, let's not get political. What? You just said Joe Biden. Byron! Some people can't handle you saying that word. Byron! Oh, I didn't realize just mentioning the name of a sitting president was political. Uh, but okay, let's just show this clip. Elon Musk has, asked, has said that he has a super bad feeling about the U.S. economy. He's laying off 10% of his workforce. What do you say to Elon Musk about his feeling about the economy? Jamie Dimon has said similar things. Well, let me tell you, while Elon Musk is talking about that, Ford is increasing their investment overwhelmingly. I think Ford is increasing 
investment in building new electric vehicles, 6,000 new employees, union employees, I might add, in the Midwest. Um, the former Chrysler Corporation, Stellantis, they are also making similar investments in electric vehicles. Intel is adding 20,000 new jobs for making computer chips. Um, so, uh, you know, lots of luck on this trip to the moon. I mean, I, I don't, I mean. Does he not know that Elon's SpaceX is going to be providing the rocket for NASA to go back to the moon? Yeah, well, Elon responded on Twitter, thanks, Mr. President, with a link to the Artemis moon mission, which is the mission you're talking about. That's the NASA mission right. to the moon. Now, I'll give the president a break here. He was misinformed by the question. He's laying off 10% of his workforce. Since, as we've discussed, Elon isn't laying off 10% of his workforce. It's also a misleading question because that would imply SpaceX and Boring Company were included in this. But still, uh, the president's answers seem to be a little pre-written. A little? <laughs> I mean, he pulled a card out of his well, pocket. Yeah. Look, it's really just sad to me that instead of heralding Tesla and SpaceX as American companies started in the past couple decades that are solving incredibly difficult problems and have hired tens of thousands of people. Well, but they're not union people. So do they really matter? Do they count? Do they count? Look, if I were the president and asked that question, I would have said, if Elon Musk, one of the most brilliant minds of our time, has a bad feeling about the economy, I want to sit down with him and pick his brain about why and what we can do to make it better. And I think everyone should join Zach and Jesse this week on their Investor Club bonus story to discuss this further. That's what you'd say? So as president, you'd be a YouTuber with a Patreon Investor Club where you'd give investment advice? Don't you think that's a conflict of interest? Maybe. So Elon tweeted out last Thursday, Tesla AI Day pushed to September 30th as we may have an Optimus prototype working by then. <laughs> Hell yeah. Wait, so a working prototype of Tesla bot in four months from now? This is how you light a fire under the Tesla bot team's butt. He introduced it last August, and a year later, you have a working prototype of arguably one of the most sophisticated technologies ever invented. Man, I can't wait for this. So if you recall, Elon had previously tweeted out that AI day number two would be in August. But it looks like they need a few more weeks to get Optimus up and running, which I think will make for a much more exciting event. Yeah. Now, we do have a poll this week as to what our Patreons think Optimus will be able to do. We'll mm. talk about that later in the show. And Elon just tweeted this. Working on Tesla North American service, goal is two-thirds of cars receive same-day service, no wait. So let's look at some stats. Tesla currently has about 670 stores and service centers and a mobile service fleet of 1,372 vehicles. This is to service over 2 million Teslas and those numbers are growing fast. Tesla grew the supercharger network by 37% in 2021, but only grew the number of stores and service locations by 20%. Now Tesla did grow their service fleet by 35% in 2021, but let's take a look at the number of cars that Tesla sold. So uh, they sold 68% more cars in Q1 of 2022 than they did in Q1 of 2021. So 68% more cars, but only 35% bigger service fleet. Troy Tesla-like posted the results of this Tesla service survey. Yeah, he said Tesla service centers need Elon's attention because 33% of buyers in Q1 of 2022 said Tesla kept the car overnight for at least one day for repairs during the first 30 days of ownership. This compares to 20% in 2021 and 23% in 2020. So repair times are getting longer. So keep in mind that this survey shows data only for people in the first 30 days of ownership. So it's not really what I'm after, because I think those are problems that are just like problems that came from the factory. I'm more interested in problems that come up like after you've owned the car for six months or a year. So how is Elon proposing to work on service? I mean, more techs, more bays, better supply chain management, more mobile rangers. Yeah, I mean, how do you think Tesla can achieve this goal? I mean, do you agree that service times are getting longer? Comment below on your thoughts, because my thoughts here are that if Elon's going to try and do this with some kind of Silicon Valley way of like making a better app or something like that, it's not going to work. I really think you need more techs and more service base. And more people on the phone answering questions and getting educated on how the cars work. and Because I'll give you just another example. A few days ago, I went in and ordered some service. It said, great, we'll send you a service tech next week to your location. I was very pleased. Then a couple days later, I get an update that says, you'll be bringing your car in to the Dedham Service Center on that same day. And I'm like, that's not what I agreed to. Mm. That's not what I was told. 
One thing means I can keep doing my show. The other thing means I have to take the day off. So what, Tesla? We have a hole in depth where we talk about uh, some service stuff. It came out a little while ago. I still think it's relevant. Mm, Um, They haven't made that many changes since then. So you can definitely go check that out right over here. It made a lot of people mad. It did. So here's one of those stories that gets a lot of media attention because it's about something exciting, but it's really not that important. Yeah, last weekend there was a battery pack fire at the Rivian factory in Normal, Illinois. The Normal Fire Department said Normal firefighters responded to the Rivian automotive plant at 100 North Rivian Motorway at 1038 this morning to the report of a battery pack on fire inside the building. When firefighters arrived, there was a battery pack in Thermal Runaway in a battery testing area in the southwest side of the plant where the batteries are built for the Rivian vehicles. Firefighters connected hoses to standpipes inside the building and extinguished the battery pack fire and then continued to flow water on the pack to keep it cool to prevent further thermal runaway from occurring. Bloomington firefighters were called to the scene to assist with manpower due to the size of the facility and off-duty normal firefighters were called in to handle other calls during the incident. Now, a lot of news places wanted to make this into a thing because of the timing with Rivian stock price falling, which fell along with the rest of the market. Um, I'm going to have to say I wish we didn't have to cover this. Yeah, it's a bit of a non-story. I mean, it happened in the battery testing area, the one place you might expect that to happen. No one was injured and the fire didn't spread. The area also had the proper water lines for the firefighters to use. Now, I've been pretty down on Rivian in the past, but I don't see this as anything to hold against them. Right. I mean, there's plenty to be down on Rivian for. their negative margins, low production numbers. But yeah, this is a non-story. Wish we didn't have to cover it, but yeah, wanted to set the record straight. Unfortunately, all these news places know if it bleeds, it leads. Or if it burns, it earns. So we talk about Tesla's Gigapresses a lot. Those are the IDRA model OL6100 CS machines that weigh about 420 tons with a clamping force of about 60,000 kilonewtons or 6,000 tons of force. That's where the 6,000 comes in. These Gigapresses are currently being used in all of Tesla's factories to make the castings for the Model Y. Well, now Elon has confirmed that IDRA will be supplying Tesla's Giga Texas with the Neo 9000, the latest, greatest and biggest pressed so far with 9000 tons of clamping force to make, wait for it, the castings for the Cybertruck, which is due to begin production next year. This gigantic press is already being assembled in Italy by IDRA, where they are finalizing it and testing it before disassembling it and shipping it to Giga Texas. Elon explained why they need an even more powerful press. We're actually going to be using even bigger casting machines for the rear body of the Cybertruck because it's a bigger vehicle and you've got a long truck bed that's going to support a lot of load. So we'll be using an 8,000 ton casting press for the rear body castings as opposed to the 6,000 ton for the Model Y. And this makes sense because anytime you want to increase the clamping area of a uh, any kind of a casting machine you need more clamping force oh i see that makes yeah means bigger machine big stronger smush smush to make the thing smush smush but i think a lot of people are are confused this isn't to smush smush the stainless steel exoskeleton right this is to smush smush the part you don't see which is the uh the body right and and smush is the wrong kind of word it's the, you have to smush it together and then with high pressure inject uh, no no i get i get molten that but, metal but and then I'm, it cools but what i'm saying is a lot of people see the exoskeleton and they think there won't be any oh, other right. part of the frame there's still going to be an internal structure i'm assuming that this Gigapress is going to be making, yeah, some kind of a body structure. Right, the aluminum the... inner body. Right. Right. And still, we don't know how the steel exoskeleton is going to be made, if it's going to be folded with a big origami machine or like, we don't know. We think that that's what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's not what this press is for. Now, right. I want to discuss the timeline here because a lot of people are like, Cybertruck's not really coming in 2023. I think this is a really good sign. If they're actually getting this press ready and they're going to be shipping it soon. Now, it does take a while. They have to put it on multiple trucks and boats and trains and whatever to get over here. Sure. But they've done it before with the 6,000 ton ones. I think they're going to do it again. This to me says, look, we still got what, six months till the end of the year. I think they're going to have this press in the Giga Texas factory by the end of the year. Yeah. And I don't think that it's really going to take that long to get it up and running. Um, Yeah. They're used to it. They're used to Giga presses. And I think that there's really not. Isn't that a funny sentence? They're used to Giga presses. Like that only just started happening and they're used to it now. Right. I mean, they've spent a lot of time working with Giga presses and we've seen all sorts of different stuff happen where they've caught on fire and you know they've clearly made a bunch of scrap with it which is 
all learning. It's all mm -hmm. valuable stuff. Um, I think that they're going to be hitting the ground running with this machine. And if you want to talk about this more, you should definitely head over to the Cybertruck Owners Club. They sponsor this show and their website is full of Cybertruck news, discussions, and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. And if you want to put your 3D configurator together, which allows you to visualize your Cybertruck in any color, wrap, and logo, both on screen and augmented reality, they have that over there too. So Ethan just reviewed another fat tire e-bike. Yeah, the four inch fat tire wheels on this Gen 3 Outcross e-bike are huge and they soak up bumps really well. They also make this bike stable on a lot of different terrains. And I want to talk about that for a second, losing traction. So we just got back from a couple really long bike trips, you and I, on some bikes without fat tires. And on each trip, I had a situation where I hit some sand or gravel on the road and I almost wiped out. Yeah. Big tires make a big difference. They're able to better spread out your load and find more grip even on loose surfaces. Now, I really appreciate suspension because with e-bikes, you can really put in some distance and those bumps really add up over miles and miles. Yeah, I wanna talk about suspension. When you have a regular bike, putting suspension on it means adding a lot of weight that you may not wanna be dragging with you. But with an e-bike, you've got a motor so you can put heavy duty suspension and it's not a big deal. And again, two nice things, big tires, heavy suspension that would make a bike way too heavy to pedal on your own, but you add some electric help and you have an amazing ride. So go check out this review over on our Now Let's Review channel. Do you remember back in 2018, as part of Tesla's referral program, one of the prizes you would get if you referred at least one buyer would be, launch your photo into deep space orbit. We'll laser etch any image onto glass and send it into deep space orbit for millions of years. Refer more friends while you wait for an alien race to discover your payload. Oh, right. I mean, and we won that because we referred uh, more Tesla customers than anyone else. If you add the two of us together. And I mean, yeah, uh, you only had to refer one customer. So we definitely earned that prize. Well, now we've been hearing that some refers have been getting emails from Tesla saying our records show that you earned the chance to launch a photo into space under a previous Tesla referral program. After much anticipation, we are excited to begin your photo's journey to space. To participate, please submit your photo before June 30th. Each refer may submit one photo. Choose wisely. So both of us must have gotten emails from Tesla. Let me check. Okay. <laughs> Tesla, don't I don't see one from Tesla. Oh, I mean, I got one. What do you mean you got? I didn't get one. I got one. What, what do you want? Wait, you're getting your face in space, but I'm going to have to just sit. I'm just going to sit here on Earth. I, I guess you'll have to start your own rocket program or something. But I referred just as many people as you did. <laughs> um, look, I think that Tesla's referral program has always seemed like a little bit of a low priority program for Tesla. Um seeing as it's been four years and we finally are getting like they've launched a lot of stuff into space um and we haven't you know so anyway taking four years uh but yeah it sounds like you're just gonna be uh left behind i mean tesla what the f okay well i look this happened to me before <laughs> i've had to email and call their referral program team like to get other prizes i earned do you remember those tesla wheels we gave away a few years ago right. It took me weeks to get that straightened out. They weren't even for me. I gave them away. Now, you're not the only one. Fred over at Electric hadn't heard either. So maybe they're going to be sending these emails out in batches. Maybe. All right. Well, let's just focus on like maybe I'll get my email. So where do you think your photo will live in space? Do you think they're going to like put it on the wall of the International Space Station? You think they're going to orbit it or put it on a satellite? Like where's it going to live? I mean, I would hope that they could get it into a solar orbit. So going around the sun as opposed to just around the Earth. But. I don't know. It'd be cool if they could get it like out of the solar system. I just don't think that the Falcons are really set up for that. I think this could cause some problems interstellarly. <laughs> I mean, imagine one day this bumps into an alien spaceship. They pick it up and they're uh -huh. like, this is Jesse. Jesse. We, we must, must kill, kill him. him. Yeah, no, I'll and I'll, I'll already be dead. Well, it could happen in the next few years. No, it can't. what the, the chances that they would find this are way smaller than they would find the Earth still could happen and then we start an interstellar problem like I don't, I don't it, it probably so. says that you live on earth and they're gonna come find us maybe we shouldn't put where we live on it we're not gonna don't worry so there's been a lot of buzz about the volkswagen id bus <laughs> the all-electric microbus revival that was so cute during the concept phase and was changed to look a lot more like a minivan in my opinion Early pre-bookers in the UK were just sent the starting price, which we had been hoping would be around $50,000, but it's a bit pricier. 
starting at 57,115 pounds or about $72,000, which includes the value added tax. Now, to be fair, without the VAT, the price would be around $60,000. But hang on. Look at that range. Okay. It has an 82 kilowatt hour battery pack, which is pretty good, but only 258 miles or 415 kilometers of WLTP range. Ouch. Mm. So we're talking about a more realistic range of around 220 miles. Deliveries are expected to start in Europe in Q3 and in North America next year. Now, keep in mind that here in the U.S., VW still qualifies for the federal tax credit of $7,500. So that could mean a starting price of around $53,000. So what do you think? Do you like the looks, the price, the range? Do they meet your criteria? Would you be looking to buy one? Comment below. Personally, I like the form factor a lot, but I was just so enamored with the cuteness of the concept. And now I'm just... I don't know. This is just like a boring minivan to me. So if you've been in a Tesla, you know that the sound systems are incredible. But the audio files out there do not like the Bluetooth. What's wrong with Bluetooth? I mean, besides it never can connect. Well, as Jacob tweeted, I love that we can request a Tesla feature and it might be added like this. The speaker system and Teslas are so good, but we are limited by the quality of Bluetooth. Could we have AirPlay added? It adds the ability for lossless streaming. The hardware necessary is already there. Now, Elon replied, we'll discuss this and other improvements with Tesla Audio Engineering. The new Model S and X sound system is incredible. Now, before we get into more wireless solutions, you can take lossless files, put them on a thumb drive, format it correctly, stick it into your car, and it will play beautiful lossless. Who's going to? How many of you out there do that? The audio files do that. Okay, the audio files do that. Yeah, sure. That's the. Okay. But most of us use like Spotify or some other, you know apps to listen to sure music. and but then that's my other question if i'm using spotify in the car it's not coming from my phone completely so different not bluetooth in right? fact in my model x you get a complete i am an audiophile <laughs> i'm one of those jerks you get a completely different experience when you listen on your phone spotify versus the car spotify and get this i don't know why this is my phone spotify is better than the cars. Now, this might just be because I have an old Model X mm. um, and so probably is different on newer stuff. But yeah, I, I brought it into service multiple times because I'm like, it doesn't sound good anymore. It doesn't sound the same. It's because they added the Spotify and you're listening to it on that. Right. So, okay, let's let's get back to Apple AirPlay. Um, I've never used Apple AirPlay because I've never owned an Apple device. <laughs> uh, but... Um, Way to get hate, Jesse. I, I don't know. So... I did a little research. Apple AirPlay doesn't use Bluetooth. It uses Wi-Fi. Right. Okay. I'm already a fan of that. So there's more bandwidth and the audio files don't have to be compressed. But Tesla has been reticent to use Apple's system because, you know, Apple <laughs> licensing fees, etc. Yeah. So, I mean, the hardware supposedly is already there, so they could make the switch. Or, I mean, I think they could just uh, do their own programming and change the software in some way. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I think the problem here is that Bluetooth is just a limited bandwidth. Mm -hmm. And so they have to use compressed files. Honestly, look, let's just put this way down the bottom of the list. I'm an audiophile myself, yeah. and I don't think this should be a high priority. Again, if you want to solve the problem, there is a solution to the problem. It's not. I mean, you can't like go find new music. You have to put it on a thumb drive. Right. which requires a computer and it, takes, it will take a lot of work. Right. But I don't know. Is it really Maybe you could pay for an extra super premium. Well, I plan. think this is what he's saying. Go get the Model S and X if it's really important to you. I guess. So phantom braking has been issue raised by many Tesla drivers who use autopilot. This is where the car brakes for no apparent reason, which can startle the driver and potentially cause rear end collisions. Now, it seems to get better and worse with different AP software releases. Back in February, the Washington Post ran a story about an increasing number of Tesla drivers complaining about phantom braking. And it appears that NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, has opened an investigation. They just sent Tesla a letter last month asking Tesla questions about the 758 phantom braking complaints it has received from drivers. NHTSA says Tesla's response to this letter in duplicate, together with a copy of any confidentiality request, must be submitted to this office by June 20th. Tesla's response must include all non-confidential attachments and a redacted version of all documents that contain confidential information. Oh, no, this sounds so horrible. I'm sure that this will surely be the end of Tesla. How many times have we covered a NHTSA investigation about Tesla? And you might be saying, isn't that bad, Zach and Jesse, that NHTSA is investigating Tesla? It's NHTSA's job to investigate car companies. They investigate all car companies all the time. Right. The reason that you don't hear about it is because it's boring. It's actually really, really boring. So for most car companies, 
the news doesn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. But because you have the word Tesla in there, suddenly it's exciting. Look, NHTSA has to cover their ass, right? They have mm -hmm. to investigate. They got complaints. But I think at the end of the day, when the data comes out, they're going to show that Teslas are safer than any other car. That's what keeps coming back. So or, or alternatively, they're going to go, oh, my goodness, there was phantom braking money months ago you should oh you already did something about a tesla <laughs> right but you should um you should uh there's gonna be a recall oh it's already done right we're still gonna send out letters or do something because we're nits and we have to show that we did something or yeah the investigation's going to find that this happened and it's over and there weren't any accidents or there was Look, one accident i don't know we all want phantom braking to stop it is one of the most annoying parts of autopilot but let's be honest here pretty hard i mean we all do it ourselves mm. i was driving the other day it was dark i thought i saw something run across the road i pressed on the brake slightly realized there was nothing running across the road right. i'm just a human with bad eyesight so we all do it. Right. It's just that we know we're doing it because we're the driver. When someone else does it, a computer, a computer. we freak the f out. Yeah. But can I bring up one more point? Sure. A lot of times it's not phantom braking. It's actually braking because it saw something that you wouldn't have seen right. and it stops the car before it gets into an accident. Thank you, Tesla. Right. We don't you, <laughs> complain about that, do we? And if you were to turn it down, then you'd end up with cars smashing into things. It's a, it's a fine balance. I don't know. NHTSA is doing their job. That's great. I don't think that the, I don't think it's going to amount to much. No. It definitely won't be the end of Tesla again. There was a letter though. Again, it's a non-story, but I wanted to cover it so that you knew where we were. Is that why go. the stock price is dropping? So here's an exciting story for those of us looking to buy a new EV on the cheap. Yeah. GM just announced a price cut for the 2023 Chevy Bolt. The base model just dropped from 31,500 to 25,600. That's nearly $6,000 in price cut. What What are the new features? Uh, Pretty much that it costs $6,000 less. It's a good feature. It is a um, good feature. No, there aren't that many changes from the 2022 Bolt. Although I don't think many people have seen the new Chevy Bolt design. Right. I mean, that's because GM had to basically stop producing the Bolt for a while because they needed those batteries to replace the existing fleet of Bolts. So let's just take a look at this graph. It's from 2016 to today. This is Chevy Bolt production numbers. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, it was up and down and up and down and down and down, 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 down. Yeah. Uh, not many people have been receiving new bolts because, again, there was the battery fire problem. Uh, Chevy was taking care of it, um, but that meant that they couldn't make new bolts because they had to fix the old bolts. Also, the Bolt EUV, that's the slightly bigger version of the Bolt, will start at 27200 That's an electric utility vehicle. Yes. It's like the only company that calls it that. Right. It's not a bad name, actually. It's not bad. Keep in mind that these prices don't have the $7,500 federal tax credit because Chevy's already used up all their tax credits. Right. And so a new Nissan Leaf will still technically be cheaper at $27,400. It still somehow is able to get the uh, $7,500 tax credit. So it would be coming in at less than $20,000. So with the how how haven't they used up all their two hundred thousand? I don't know. I don't know how they have not. I think it's because Chevy sold so many volts, oh. and the volts and the sparks and the other things, and and Nissan has just been selling Leafs. So I, I just thought they sold more than that. that's weird. You'd think they would have, but anyway, it's the cheapest electric car you can get. So if the gas prices are really hurting you, mm. and you really wanted a new car, you could get the the Leaf or the Bolt. I mean, they're I mean, in the same that's category. That's a great price. question. I mean, so is the Bolt worth it? I mean, is it a good like second car? I think that it's a it would be a perfect second car. I mean, I I know that perfect? I I per know you just said perfect. I know that I have been negative on the Bolt in the past. And the reason I say that is because when I am talking to a random person, which I do a lot, you're a random person to me. I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. I have to assume that they need everything. They need a good charging infrastructure. They need a good range. They need fast charging, right. all of that. So the Bolt is not the one that I you know, throw out there, right. I go, Model 3. <laughs> the Bolt, however, if you already have a Model 3 and this car is not going to be driving outside of a roughly 100-mile radius. Oh, okay. So you're... Yeah. Perfect second car. Okay. No complaints about it whatsoever. No, it's not perfect. But okay. Sure. They've solved the battery fire problem. It's great. Sure. And it also looks really cool now. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the special... Uh, EUV version, it's $400 extra. Ooh, you big spenders. So BMW just unveiled their next generation X1, one of BMW's cheapest vehicles. Now, this is gas powered, so don't get too excited. But BMW did say that after they make a diesel version, they will make another diesel version, and then they'll make the other ICE version. But then, finally, they will make the X-Drive 30 version, which will be all electric. 
So here are the stats. Two motors for all-wheel drive, 230 kilowatts or 313 horsepower. Uh, zero to 60 in about 5.5 seconds. Not bad. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know the battery size yet, but BMW says it will have a WLTP range, which is fake, of 413 to 438 kilometers. Now, of course, that's not real world range. It's going to be more like 357 kilometers to 225 miles. The BMW X1 ICE version starts at $35,000 in the US. So hopefully that's about the price we'd be looking at for the electric version when it comes out. I don't know. Com and comes out when, though? Well, BMW will be launching the two gas and two diesel versions later this year, but still no word on pricing and delivery dates for the iX1 xDrive 30 electric version. The pictures you're seeing, by the way, are the ICE version because BMW hasn't released images of the electric version yet, which might tell you how far off that is. Yeah, I'm not really going to be holding my breath for this, um, but let's talk about uh, a different German EV SUV. Yeah, Mercedes-Benz has been delivering their new EQB electric SUV since the end of last year in Europe and China. However, now they just announced pricing for here in the US. Okay, so tell me the price and then remind me about this one. I don't remember anything. Yeah, 55550 It's a seven-seater SUV based off the Mercedes GLB. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since I bought a Mercedes, uh, so I don't exactly know what the GLB is. But anyway, uh, what is the range of this one? Well, it has a 66.5 kilowatt hour battery for a WLTP range of 260 miles. But of course, real world testing has put it at about 200 to 225 miles of range. Oof. Now, I could go out and get a Model Y for $63,000, and that $7,500 could buy me almost 100 extra miles of range. Well, but you're forgetting about the tax credit here in the U.S., which could bring you to about $48,000 starting price. Okay, so $15,000 less than a Model Y. And a seven-seat Model Y costs an extra $3,000. Hmm. I don't know. I would love to know what people think in the comments. Uh, just start your comment with EQB so we know what you're talking about. And the thing I think to keep in mind here is that I don't think Mercedes is going to be making any money on these. So, I mean, it's one thing to sell it cheaper mm -hmm. um, and to have a few more features and, you know, so forth. But if you're not making money, that means uh, how do you keep doing it? Uh, because you're selling the gas versions of the car, which is where they're really making the money. Right. And the electric versions, they're just doing it to, you know, skirt past uh, regulations. But for consumers out there. You're getting a good bang for the buck. Yeah, it, well, you're getting another option. Right. It's so nice that there's other options. I mean, I don't love having to tell people who want an SUV, you should get the Model Y. And they're right. like, okay, how much is it? And like, it's only $63,000. That's <laughs> fine. Um, here you could say, well, forty-eight com comes down to 48. It's not cheap. Not cheap, but, uh, but it's a Mercedes. It's a Mercedes if you're if it's uh if it's a, an around town car again. And look at the total cost of ownership with gas prices the way they are. Oh you know. My God. It was five dollars the other day. I know. I know. Whew. And look, one thing I'd like to point out is that it's hard to know if a certain EV with a certain range is going to work for you in your area. So one of the things I tell people when they're looking into buying almost any EV is check out a betterrouteplanner.com first. Yeah, they have models for pretty much every single EV out there, and even a lot that aren't even in production yet. Yeah, you can find routes for the EQB. Tesla's, of course, for crazy trips, as well as cars that don't even exist yet, like the Aptera. It's such a great tool with so much customization available to how you drive and what chargers you want to use. If you drive an EV, you owe it to yourself to check out A Better Route Planner, the EV trip planning app that offers so many cool features like waypoints. Use our link in the show notes below to get a 30-day free trial to A Better Route Planner Premium. Now, some of the cool features with the premium app, I just want to point these out because I don't think many people know about them because mm. they're new, uh, charger availability. So like you're driving along and you're wondering, can I even get a charge here? Mm -hmm. It'll tell you. Uh, how about the ability to have all your vehicles in one account? How about live weather data for planning, real-time traffic data for extra accuracy? And here's the one that only Tesla and a better route planner has, charging notifications. So you get notified when your charging session is almost complete. Oh, wow. So you know like, oh, five minutes left, better go get my car. So plan your next EV trip with thebetterrouteplanner.com. Over 70 million trips have been planned with the Better Route Planner. So according to Reuters, Kazu Tadanobu, the CEO of Panasonic's energy business, confirmed last Wednesday that Panasonic has sent Tesla samples 
of the 4680 cells. Reuters said Panasonic Holding Corp, which makes batteries for Tesla, said on Wednesday it had shipped samples of its more powerful 4680 format electric car battery to the U.S. electric vehicle maker as it prepares for a surge in North American power pack production. Tadanobu added a pilot line created first in Japan made it possible to start large-scale prototype production in May. And Tonobu said that Panasonic plans to start mass production of the cells next March, and he confirmed that Panasonic will be making 4680 cells in North America. Now, we don't know where. There's been rumors that it could be Oklahoma. But yeah, we don't have a location yet. Interesting. But I'm guessing they're going to want to build it as close to Texas as possible. <laughs> hey, and if you want to share a news clip that you've seen on the show with your friends, but you don't want to share the entire episode, then why would you? It's over an hour long. You can go to our Now You Know Clips channel where we've chopped them up into little bite-sized shareable clips. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. Thank you for my shave this morning, Henson. Did you know over 1,800 Now You Know viewers have tried out their products? And I bet they are still on their free 100 blades. That's right. Use the code now you know to get 100 free blades when you get a Henson razor. Now, I love mine because the design is timeless and classic and it works really well. Head on over to HensonShaving.com to get yours and use code now you know for 100 free blades. Now, you may remember we've talked to Cyberlander, the Cybertruck camper. Well, have you heard of Space Camper? They are another startup looking to bring a camping product to the Cybertruck. So what is it? It's a bed, a tent. You can get a kitchen, a shower. How about a movie theater? Wow. Okay. So how much is it? $24,000 without accessories. Okay. So it's like half the price of the Cyberlander. But have we seen any non-CGI pictures or video yet? No, we've only seen CGI at the moment. Okay. We haven't heard from the team at Space Campers yet. Maybe our viewers would like to hear from them before putting down a deposit. Yeah, so it's anywhere from $100 to $10,000 deposit uh, with a 97% refund available on that deposit if you use a credit card. Um, yeah, I'd like to hear from this company before we cover it any further. Yeah, let's have our producer reach out to them and see what Space Camper is all about. All right, it's time for Going Green, and we're sponsored by... EcoWare. Now, if you want to get uh, some cool designs, maybe for Father's Day, which is coming up real soon, we've got a promo code for Father's Day. I love dad. Um, so head on over there now. Find something for your dad or for yourself. Um, remember that everything we sell is carbon negative because we not only carbon offset everything, but we plant trees and we cap oil wells. So Colorado Senate Bill 193 was signed into law last Thursday. What is that? The Air Quality Improvement Investments did a number of things. One of them was to allocate $12 million in state funds for a rebate program for electric bikes. That's nice. And another section of the bill was allocating $65 million to go towards an electric bus grant program. This grant money would help Colorado schools, quote, finance the purchase and maintenance of electric-powered school buses, the conversion of fossil-fueled-powered school buses to electric-powered school buses, charging infrastructure, and upgrades for electric charging infrastructure, and the retirement of fossil-fueled-powered school buses. I'm so glad they did this. The sooner they do it, the better. Uh, Diesel-powered school buses have been proven to reduce the IQs of the children who ride in them. We covered this on our in-depth, The Magic School Bus. And we're not the only people who care about this. Our buddy Austin took a million dollars of his own money to buy four EV school buses and give them away to local schools. You can check out both these videos on our channel. And, and Coloradians, or is it Colorado? Coloradans. Coloradans. I think. Coloradans, let's see some electric school buses on your roads. They actually save money. Yeah, send those in to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. We want to see them. All right, it's time for Sunspots. So the U.S. Department of the Interior, that is the federal agency in charge of public lands, has announced that they will be slashing rents and fees for solar and wind projects by about 50 percent. So what does this mean? Like, how much land are we talking about? Well, the Bureau of Land Management says across the 245 million acres of public land it manages, the BLM has prioritized a combined total of roughly 870,000 acres for solar energy development within its land use plans. Under a scenario where 8.5 acres is needed to generate one megawatt of electricity from photovoltaic solar panels, these prioritized areas could support more than 100 gigawatts of electricity, enough to power more than 29 million homes. The Department of Interior is aiming to permit 25 gigawatts of clean energy on public lands by 2025. That's enough to power 4.75 million homes. And for some more context, in 2021, the Bureau of Land Management permitted 2.9 gigawatts, up 35% from 2020. 
So again, solar and wind are going to get even cheaper if the land they build these farms on gets cheaper. And that is why renewable energy, it just keeps getting cheaper. Well, there's another form of energy that's getting more expensive. Of the dirty kind. And speaking of solar, we just interviewed the founder and CEO of WeSolar, Crystal Hansley. Did you know that many community solar programs used to make people pass a credit check before you could sign up? Why? Well, we got to hear all about it in our interview. So check that out over on our Disruptive Investing YouTube channel. Yeah, Crystal is the nation's first black woman CEO in the community solar industry. And we found why that's so important. Now, if you don't know about our Disruptive Investing channel, then you're missing out because we have interviews with so many fascinating people doing so many disruptive things. For instance, those of you who enjoyed our in-depth last week with Joseph Barletta, the CEO and founder of Smart Charge America, in that we talked about SPAN smart electrical panels. Well, we interviewed Arch Rao, the CEO and founder of SPAN, the company that we were talking about. Now, if you want to understand where our economy is headed, especially if you're an investor, then this is your fun homework, okay? You need to go subscribe to Disruptive Investing. We'll put the link in the show notes below. And if you'd like to make your own solar energy on your own roof, then talk to our friends at EnergyPal. They are solar and battery experts, and they help homeowners go solar and battery for less. Yeah, link is down below. Let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. We got two this week. And if you want to send in your stories, remember, two minutes or less, shoot them in landscape, good audio, no music, and send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week? We've got Robert. He says, I'm trying to take my Tesla out to the most extreme and difficult places for an EV to travel to. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Today, I'm trying to make it out to Circle, Alaska, which I believe is one of the three most difficult places to make it to in Alaska in an EV. So I drove up to Fox, Alaska and stayed the night in my car. Fox, Alaska has a RV park here, a Northern Moose RV park. They have 30 amp service. It's not quite 50 amp, but I do have a 30 amp adapter, a NEMA TT30. Well, I made it to Central. Uh, not quite a circle yet. Yeah, so it's not looking good. I did. 35 mile power the whole way here trying to hyper mile and it says I'll get the circle with 45% battery remaining and I still got to make it all the way back to Fox at least so we'll see well I made it to circle welcome to circle city established in 1893 as the hub for supply and interior Alaska's oldest major gold camps population approximately 73 plus <laughs> the end of the road so yeah this is the end of the Steez highway so i am the first tesla or ev in general to make it all the way to circle uh they do have a general store right here it is hc company store now i gotta figure out how to make it all the way back to fox at least because i've got 42 percent battery i'm not gonna make it so I made it back to Central, and my expected battery percentage looked like this. So I found this place called Skookum Roadhouse, changing their name from Gold Country Services. It's a little convenience store, restaurant, bar. Uh, they also have rooms that they let me stay in. On top of that, they let me plug my car in. It's just a 110 outlet, uh, so charge overnight. It should hopefully get me enough to get back home tomorrow. There's no internet service here at all, cell service, Wi-Fi, or anything, but I'm lucky. I found a place out in the middle of nowhere in central Alaska to charge my car, to eat, to sleep, uh, and hopefully get myself home tomorrow. I couldn't be any more lucky. It's 9.50 in the morning. It's been charging since just before 2.30 p.m. last night. I've gained about exactly 20%. And I should be able to make it all the way back home, uh, past Fox. So when do you need to stop there? Now you know. I mean, the first ever EV in Circle? David says he attempted this trip last year and he had to turn around in central Alaska. This year, he waited for a warm day, about 73 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, in Fairbanks. Some details here. The entirety of central Alaska is powered by a diesel generator. 
As such, power is 97 cents per kilowatt hour. Though they had several outdoor outlets, this was the only one that was wired to handle a high wattage power draw. Soon, he says, I plan on driving out to Manly Hot Springs and the big one, Dead Horse, which is Prudhoe Bay. And just a little hint here, we do have a upcoming story from him and uh, we'll see where he made it to. Whoa, all right, Robert. Way to go, dude. Way to be an explorer, dude. Yeah, adventure. That's awesome. And here we've got Bill's report on Wisconsin's Department of Transportation electrification plans. Hey, Zach and Jesse, greetings from Wisconsin. Say, something interesting happened in uh, Wisconsin last week that I wanted to share with you and your viewers. What I'm about to tell you about only applies to people in Wisconsin, uh, but I would have to think, given the subject matter, eventually it's going to apply to most of your viewers uh, throughout the United States. Specifically, the Wisconsin DOT, WISDOT, uh, had a webinar to discuss the disposition of funds that are being allocated to them as part of the bipartisan infrastructure bill that was passed in December. Part of that is earmarked for EV charging initiatives. And so they went through and gave us detail on uh, what the limitations are that they're working within, and they were looking for input as to what people thought they should be doing with that money. Uh, of course, um, being a dedicated viewer of yours, I have many of the same views that you do, uh, but I have plenty of my own as well, and I gave them my opinions. One of the uh, questions that was asked by one of the attendees of the webinar was, do any of the people on the committee who are determining how to allocate these funds drive EVs? And the answer to that was no. So we have a bunch of people who know nothing about how living with an EV works, determining how the charging infrastructure is going to be set up in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, so I, I quickly emailed them after the webinar was over and told them, hey, if you want some personal experience, I'd be more than happy to drive down to Madison and take you for a, you know, a, we could do a day trip in my car and you could get a feel for what it's like to charge on the road. Uh, I did get a response back thanking me for my input, but so far, uh, no takers for going for a day trip in my Model 3 with me. Oh, well. Uh, I'll do what I can, but you know, this is one of those things where you guys urge us to be politically active and this is an easy thing to do. I mean, I, I spent an hour in the webinar, uh, got my voice heard, sent them another email, which took me about another five minutes maybe, and they said that they're going to take what I said into account as they design this. And there's lots of people who uh, basically reached, reached out to them. One of the concerning things, however, they said they were doing what, uh, th that this includes something that they call an alternative fuel corridor pro uh, program where they have uh, key highways throughout the state that they have defined as alternative fuel corridors. And alternative fuels aren't just for BEVs, but it also includes fuel cell electric vehicles and uh, LPG, uh, liquid petroleum gas, and compressed natural gas are considered alternative fuels, to which I call BS. Any of your viewers that are in the state of Wisconsin, um, there is a website that the state of Wisconsin hosts uh, for the uh, electrification of transportation. Uh, the, the WISDOT has a page for that, um, and I will give you that link. And you should reach out to them if you are, like me, an EV driver and you want to have some input on how those federal funds are allocated within the state of Wisconsin. And for the rest of your viewers throughout the rest of the United States, uh, I would urge you to be vigilant, keep an eye on what your um, state DOTs are doing. And when they get their share of this money, make sure that your voice is heard so that people who understand how EVs work and live with them on a day-to-day -day basis have some input on how that money is spent. Now you know. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for that report. Can you believe that no one on the committee deciding how the money gets spent even drives an EV? Yeah, I can believe that. It's it's I, I mean, I shouldn't be able to believe that. I would recuse myself from the committee if the thing I'm talking about, I have no first world knowledge. <laughs> Could you of. imagine? Could you how many like, like imagine if I was like on, in charge of like, um, I don't know, building a nuclear power plant and I didn't know anything about it. I'd be like, uh, all right, guys, listen up. Uh, we're going to put the cooling. The cooling tower is going to go over here because it looks nice. 
Um, I think the reactor will put, I don't know, in the basement or something. Sounds good. And uh, I, I think we're all good here. All in favor? All right. Aye. See you later, guys. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And on our Patreon this week, we've got an Investor Club bonus story about a possible recession that could affect your investment decisions. And we have Patreon bonus stories on a Tesla police chase that you're not going to want to miss. And a whole lot more. A whole lot more. So head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. Support us for as little as a buck a month and you get all these Patreon bonus stories. We're going to see you there. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. Now, if you want to support us for as little as five bucks a month, you get your shout out, you get your name at the end credits, and you support us to make the show possible. Who do we got this week? We've got Samir Samuel, Vicky Miller, Finn, Storm Wolfblood, which, by the way, has to be the coolest name we've ever <laughs> Lauren Markle, Saul Cruz, Joseph Garner, Paul Magachi, Jeff and Lynn Dansby, Stephen Arkano, Nordichai Walter, Elias Mamadov, Stephen S. Lowe, Ron Chalednik, Raul Ramiro, Pete, Dave S., and John A. Derzish. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do the show without our patrons. All right, we did a poll. Uh, what was the question? What do you think Tesla Bot is going to be able to do at AI Day number two? Ooh, and I love these because our patrons are really smart. So what did they say? So I, I think that the, you can kind of break this up into three or four groups here. Oh, and by the way, this is like additive. If you think you can do this thing and then. Yeah. OK. So anyway, there's four groups here. Uh, some people think that it's not going to be there at all. I OK, think so that, like 10 percent think it won't happen. Uh, then there's the group that thinks that I think it's going to be able to walk around and pick up stuff, but like small stuff, not okay. that, nothing that exciting. Um, then there's a group that I think is going to be able to it's going to talk, dance and use tools. Hmm. And then there's a very small group that thinks that it's going to be able to do parkour and maybe even brain surgery. Um <laughs> Okay. So I'm I'm thinking, yeah, that would that you trust group. Tesla bot version one to do brain surgery no, on you? Not me. Uh, <laughs> not me. All right. It's time for community mail time. Community mail time. And remember, send your stories, your photos, your videos into us at hello at now, you know, channel dot com. What did Steve show us? Steve wrote in and shared these photos saying spotted this lucid parked on the wrong side of the street with a Tesla silently judging it. Look, I mean, the, the lucid just wanted to find a shady spot to park. Yeah. Didn't turn around. Bill spotted this hybrid electric ferry while he was recently in Gothenburg, Sweden. It's the Stena Jutlandia, which was converted to hybrid electric power in 2018. The Stena line, which claims to be the largest ferry line in Europe, is working to increase the range to 50 miles so the ship can make the run between Sweden and Denmark completely on electric power. That's awesome. Caesar sent us these photos of a cool Model Y wrap and two original roadsters in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Philip spotted this Arkimoto at the local farmer's market in Mentone, Alabama last week. I like that color. Mm. It's it's understated, but mm. very cool. Very cool. Steve wrote in saying, this last weekend, we participated in the Florence, Oregon Rhododendron Festival Parade, along with our local EV club. I wanted to showcase an EV's capability to tow stuff. So had our Tesla Model Y pulling a trailer with our Arkimoto Deliverator on it. An EV pulling a trailer, hauling an EV. Nice. Bob sent us this picture of a bunch of Teslas at a supercharger in Bay City, Michigan on Memorial Day weekend, along with what looks like a Ford Mach E. And, and what's that one at the end? Uh, I don't know. Huh. All right. It's time for supercharger reviews. And it may not be a beautiful location for this beautiful supercharger section. But if you're driving a non-Tesla, this supercharger location in Germany, the Limburg Andalan supercharger, may indeed be beautiful to you. Why? That's because it appears to be the first supercharger in Germany that is now open to non-Tesla EVs to charge at. It's on the busy A3 highway. So thanks to Nico in Cologne, Germany for sharing this discovery with us. And hey, if you're a non-Tesla EV, please go check it out and let us know how it goes. All right. So let's go see what we have in the world of superchargers this week. This is the Stanley Hotel supercharger in Estes Park. There are, what, eight chargers? One, two, three, four, seven or eight. Good charging deer, deer everywhere. Uh, they've got a bunch of restaurants inside. They're a little expensive, but bathrooms, restaurants, um, amazing views. I give it a nine out of 10, now you know. This is Bruce, uh, we're here in New Milford, Connecticut. Uh, I'm here with my wife, we've traveled from Houston, Texas, and uh, we're heading to New Hampshire, and we're here at an eight stall. Uh, charging station uh, it's 250 kilowatts so that was exciting we got up to 901 miles on the charging per hour and uh, 
got the Sonic and the 7-Eleven so you can get your Cokes and get, get, get through the drive-thru. And I would rate this uh, 8 out of 10. And uh, I'm very thankful. And now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse. My name is Steven Smith. I'm here in Knoxville at a brand new eight-stall Tesla supercharger station that just opened up. And we are here with our uh, Driving on Sunshine wrapped X that we use for uh, ride and drive events. I'm the executive director of the Southern Alliance for Clean Energy. And we take this around. We got the Drive Electric Week coming up and we're charging up here. But this is a great supercharger station, eight stalls. Uh, you've got a Southwest Grill Barbaritos. You've got Bistro by the track. You've got five guys and you've got the casual pint where you can actually get a beer. It's a great location in Bearden, which is right off Interstate I-40, the uh, 383 exit, and real close, less than a mile away from the interstate. Perfect location, lots of stuff to do here, great supercharger. Thanks, Elon, thanks, Tesla, for giving us another uh, charging station here in Knoxville. Now you know. And yes, we're gonna rate this supercharger station a 9.5 for everything that it's got. Hey, Zach and Jesse, this is Kevin from Illinois reporting on the newly opened 12-stall V3 supercharger location here in Oswego, Illinois, just off US 34 in the Meyer Grocery parking lot. Myers is open from 6 a.m. to midnight, so plenty of opportunities to shop and those more important bathroom breaks. In the immediate area, lots of businesses within an easy five to 10 minute walk. I would rate this supercharger location an eight out of 10. Now you know. Thank you so much to doing supercharger reviews. I just realized um, there's going to be a heck of a lot more reviews as Tesla opens up the network to non-Tesla EVs. That's right. It's going to be more drivers stopping in at the superchargers. And telling us how it goes. You can shoot us a review. If you want to submit one, you can head over to our website, nowyouknowchannel.com. All right, what do we got for new superchargers in the world today? We've got a 16 stall in Lear, Germany. The 24 stall in New Braunfels, Texas. The 12 stall in Mystic, Connecticut. The 8 stall in Sarasota, Clark Road, Florida. The 20 stall in NZ, Germany. The 12 stall in Beltsville, Maryland. The 3 stall in Seoul at Shinsa in South Korea. Number 77 in Texas is the 8 stall in Wharton, Texas. And number 7 in Singapore. They just had Tiny one a few months Singapore. ago. Uh, and number 1,117 Asia Pacific. And number 3,466 in the world is the 3 stall at Woodlands in Singapore. Wow. Good way to go, Singapore. <laughs> All right, it's time for the Patreon comment of the week. And we were just talking with Green City Solutions. We'll be sharing that fascinating interview with you on our Disruptive Investing channel. Green City is working on a machine that claims to clean the air. You'll have to go check out the video in a couple of weeks for more on that. But we got to talking about brake dust. And Bob in our Patreon brings up a good point on this week's Patreon comment of the week. He says, I wonder how much brake dust Teslas are not putting in the air. And if you're like, well, how is that possible? I want to discuss regen braking. Uh, when you and I go driving in our Teslas, like how often would you say you actually press on the brake pedal? Almost never. Yeah. Almost never because um, an electric car uses an electric motor. And the cool thing about an electric motor is that it can also be used as an electric generator. It's it has all it's all set up for it. And so if you spin an electric motor, you may have done this in science class as a kid. You spin the little electric motor. It creates electricity um, and that slows down the spinning and that uh, slowing of the spinning can slow down the car. What are you doing? I'm looking at my phone here because I want to see something about the mileage of Sparky. Oh, okay. Because um, I forgot what it is. Uh, the mileage of Sparky is 84,000 miles. Mm -hmm. So what? Well, I've driven 84,000 miles in a big 6,000 pound car. And guess how often I've changed the brakes? Once every 30,000 miles or so? I've never changed the brake pads. Wow. 
or the or the, anything right right because i mean your your rotors can warp if they get too hot and stuff like that the the regen braking of the car uses the motor to slow down the car it doesn't use any friction at all it uses magnets to slow down the car and it generates electricity which it puts back into the battery saving you brake pads saving the air brake dust um and saving you also money I mean, I just don't think we think about brake dust because we don't see it, right? Mm -hmm. We don't smell it. We don't see it. No one thinks about it. But when you brake, those are tiny particles that you're breathing into your lungs, which go into your blood, which go Mm -hmm. into your brain. And the fact that EVs produce so much less, I would love to see a study. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do it, like put the cars in a test facility and brake them or something. Mm -hmm. But like, then you'd be able to really account for it. I mean, you know what? Actually, I can think of a way to do it without doing all that because we know the mass of the brake pads. True. And so all of that mass is going into the air when you're done with the brake pad, right? When it's used up. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I bet someone smart out there could do some math. I mean, maybe Tesla has this data of like Mm -hmm. how many brake pads they replace. Anyway, we could do the math. I'll bet you it's so much less. I know it's less brake dust, which is an another amazing argument to make to your friends when you're talking about EVs. And I know this is something that's hard to quantify, but Mm -hmm. like, would you like to be in a room full of brake dust? Right. Now, there is the counter argument which says that, well, EVs are heavier and so they use more tires. Not necessarily true. Only if they drive like you. Only if you drive uh, with heavy acceleration and right. heavy braking, which, again, with regen braking, you just don't do as much heavy braking right. because um, – you know, when you're driving a normal car and you take your foot off the accelerator, you don't just always put your foot on the brake. Right. When you're driving an EV, it's kind of like you're doing that, but not wearing out your brake pads. Right. So the car is usually you're just slowing down way ahead of time, right. um, which means that you're having a lot less uh, tire wear when you're braking. And and I just want to point out, uh, if you really want to see this regen braking in action, go watch one of our latest in-depths where we had the Rivian with an 11,000-pound load, and Tom, who was driving it, barely ever touched the brakes, and he's probably still laughing about it right yeah. now because he had so much fun. Go check that out. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the show. As you're watching all of these names go by here, these are the people that make this show possible. We've reached episode 300 because of you like we could not be here youtube is cutting revenue sponsors are pulling out because the economy is going bad like you're the only reason we're still here on the air talking about these subjects the only way we can bring you independent news every week is if you decide to make a small decision in your life go over to patreon if you haven't already join us for a buck a month it's just a buck a month and we bring you so much extra value for that because we know that we need to bring that value to you if you're going to support us so go on over there support us and make it possible for us to bring you another 100 episodes or or 300 and i know that for some people it's just not possible especially now but if you would just hit the like button that's free and it does make a huge difference on this show. well and i want to talk about one thing the investor club which Mm. we have over on patreon it is ten dollars a month but i'll tell you over my life as an investor i've spent hundreds thousands of dollars to join different investment clubs to make me money a lot of them did make me money um and so over there yes you're spending some money but it's because we think we're going to bring you much more than that in the value of your support so head on over check it out for a month see if you like it we have a slack over there with 1800 people the like people who actually care who you can talk to who you can get advice from who you can give advice to it's an amazing community we've created i'm really proud of it Mm -hmm. and we bring you amazing ceos all the time people you're not going to hear from anywhere else right it's kind of an amazing community we've made so go check that out if you're interested and i just want to say one last thing if you made it to the end of the show i'm not really that excited about episode 300 why not it's just a number The, the one i'm really excited about is episode 312 if i did my math right okay why that will be the sixth year anniversary wow i mean this we're not quite at six years yet because there's 52 weeks in a year six years we've almost made it we got to do 12 more episodes to make it to six years i think we can make i think i, I hope you're I right think we got 12 more episodes <laughs> okay oh let's see let's go Woo. uh thank you so much for watching uh, again this doesn't happen without your viewership um and your support so yeah we'll see you next week now you know <laughs>